With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and as always, I'm delighted that you've joined us here this morning. I've invited two of my favorite guests back to the show today. First up will be the president and founder of Animal Behavior College, Stephen Applebaum, who in the past has given some great advice about dog training. Well, today he's going to talk about cat training. And yes, you can train a cat. After our halftime break, our Pet Place special person, Marianne Dell, will be stopping by, not with book reviews today, but to talk about the brand new Orange County Register Pet Pages, which are completely revamped and very exciting. This and more are coming right up after a very quick station break here on K Mozart. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on K-Mozart. I'm Marie Hewitt, and joining us now is Stephen Applebaum, the president and founder of Animal Behavior College. Welcome back to the Pet Place, Stephen. Well, hi. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so glad you're able to stop by today. You know, we've talked a lot in the past about dog training, but you sent me an email recently about cats and a cat training program that you guys have started up and of course the very first question that most people will say is cats can be trained right that's <laughs> <laughs> true so that's funny that's really one of the major reasons why we set up this program is because there is amongst many people a perception that either cats can't be trained or why bother and, and I think part of that has to do with how people define and look at training. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think of dog training, I mean, most people think of a boisterous 80-pound Labrador retriever dragging you down the street. <laughs> you know, we need to teach her to walk properly so that she doesn't drag you down the street, uh-huh. to come when called, not to do those lovely things in the house, you know, stuff like that. Right. So it's a combination of obedience cues sitting, coming, laying down, walking on a leash, and dealing with behavioral challenges like chewing and jumping and digging and barking and all those doggy things. So when people look at cats and they think, all right, but why would I want to teach my kitty to walk on a leash? What's the point? A lot of times they disconnect from the whole idea of training because the idea of teaching a cat to engage in these types of behaviors just seems silly or because dogs are often very Mm praise-oriented. And while many cats are, of course, very affectionate, they're not generally going to respond to the belly rub or the scratch behind the ear quite in the same way that a dog will. Okay. There's the perception that they're just not going to respond to training and the training is kind of uh, irrelevant. 
Well, what kind of training do folks generally need in terms of behavior modification or that sort of thing? Well, typically, uh, cat cat owners will look at the most common challenges to be litter box training or spraying, mm-hmm. inappropriate scratching on furniture, uh, accepting other animals, uh, other cats and dogs into the house, uh, being uh, accepting of people in the house, you know, not to be overly shy and sometimes aggressive. By far the most common behaviors are the, the litter box and spraying issues, uh, as well as a simple thing that actually can be a, a huge lifesaver for cats to learn. Traveling in a crate is extremely important because that's how you can typically safely transport a cat to the veterinarian. And in fact, many veterinarians report that cat owners are so it's so difficult to get cats into the crate that they oftentimes don't take the cat to the vet for anything other than dire emergencies. Well, cats can be trained to accept crates. They can be trained not to go to the bathroom all over the house, not to spray, to scratch appropriate items like their cat, by, cat tree uh, and not her furniture. And, and the one cue that all cats really ought to learn um, is to come when called, and that can also be very, very easily done. Do you do that with uh, treat motivation? Typically, yes. Okay. Uh, cats and any and most cat owners recognize this. You know, the funny thing is, is when I start to explain this to cat owners, you know, you see that kind of light bulb moment where they go, "Well, of course, yeah, cats are absolutely trainable for this kind of stuff." When I, you know, when I, especially if I'm feeding with a can, or even when I get the cat bag, you know, the bag of cat food out of the cabinet, boom, the kitty's right there. So, I mean, they they they've learned to associate the sounds of that food preparation with obviously being fed, and and they're coming right to you. So if you can easily connect sounds like that to a cue, Mm -hmm. to a command like come, and they can be taught to come when called very, very effectively. So you can record the sound of your can opener with your iPhone, and then any time you want your cat to come to you, you just press play on your iPhone. You certainly could do that, (laughs) or you could use a clicker. Okay. (laughs) Or every time you open up the can of cat food or bring out the, the bag of cat food, and the cat comes to you, if you, as the cat is actually coming to you, say the command or the cue, come. Mm-hmm. And that's when the cat hears it. Well, you do that 50 or 60 times, and you're going to find that when you say come, even when there's no food noises involved, uh-huh. the kitty's going to be right there. And then, of course, if you're smart, you'll give the, the, the cat a treat anyway. Yeah. The, the, the motivation behind this program really came about as a result of what I've seen over the last 10 or 15 years in animal shelters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as I'm sure you're aware, you look at millions of animals every year that wind up in shelters, many of whom wind up there due to untreated behavior problems. Now, on the, on the dog side, there's been a real understanding on the part of shelters and rescues that while spaying and neutering is a huge part of the, the component, obviously, fewer, you know, uh, uh, less population means less animals in the shelter. Um, Aside from spaying and neutering, there's also a training component. It makes them less likely to wind up in the shelter, it makes them more adoptable when they're there, and it cuts down on recidivism. So on the dog side, the mantra became spay, neuter, train, Mm -hmm. spay, neuter, train. But on the cat side, and more cats wind up in shelters than dogs, and more cats are euthanized every year, Mm -hmm. uh, looking for and not finding forever homes than dogs, there's kind of a deafening silence about the training component. And that's because of the widely held belief that, well, can you really train a cat? Mm -hmm. And so 
what we're looking to do is over time, and you know, we recognize that we're not going to be able to do it alone, um, look to change public perception. Now, the average, the average dog trainer will work, and as a vocational college, animal behavior college, we teach professional dog trainers. Mm-hmm. We also teach, uh, teach veterinary assistants and groomers, but, but really the behavioral component is for dog trainers. And mm-hmm. so the average dog trainer will work with roughly two to 250 students every year. Well, we have over 9,000 dog trainers in our alumni group alone. So, you know, if you do the math, you realize that they have a tremendous ability over time to literally work with hundreds of thousands of people. Right. And that can change public perception. We're looking to do the same thing with cat training. Uh, and from what we can tell, the average cat trainer works with a little bit less. I mean, the, 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 the statistics are still relatively new. We launched this program in October of 2011. And since that time, we've had roughly 1,600 students um, enroll in the program. Well, that's fantastic. And I know there's yeah. a lot of t- new TV shows that have come out that yes. talk about cat training, and I think that's putting it a little more in the spotlight as well, which Hugely is a good important. thing. Because you're right, a lot of people will just get rid of their cats who have behavior problems right. rather than try and retrain them so that they do the right thing. They're highly intelligent. Uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've, I've been a, a dog lover and, and, and doggy pet parent for many, many years, uh, but I can throw the gauntlet down and say to any dog owner, um, cats are every bit as intelligent as dogs, although it's really an apples and oranges. Sure, sure. They're they, just so different. They are very different, but they're they're very sweet and lovable. I have about a minute left with you, and I'm going to ask you one thing that I know I've encountered with a lot of cats over the years, and that is a lot of cats, if you pet them and they're really digging it, all of a sudden they'll turn around and they'll bite you. And I know that's not particularly a good thing, especially if you've got kids or or senior citizens who are petting kitties and all of a sudden they're bitten for what seems to be no apparent reason, but it's an overstimulation issue. How do you address that? Um, you know, there are a lot of reasons why cats do that. They could be, in some instances, they can be giving you warning signs that you're just not picking up on. In other instances, it's an overstimulation. In other instances, uh, maybe not in your case, but certainly in many cases that we've seen, um, you know, the owners also at times play a lot rougher with the cats, and so the cats are doing that to kind of stimulate uh, a play, you know, you know, a play session. Okay. Um, really, the bottom line on that is, if you find that after two or three minutes of petting the cat, or five minutes after petting the cat, that if it's going to happen, it's going to happen, then try to pet the cat a little bit. Uh, make the petting. Time it. <laughs> yeah, just shorten it. Okay. <laughs> you know, instead of petting for two minutes, pet for a minute and a half. Okay, I got um, it. And, and this way, there the cat will not be as stimulated. And, of course, if the cat does bite you, the immediate response is to give a sharp <clears throat> and, and, and just withdraw. Yeah, um, and know, don't, don't give it any more attention. Right, okay. right, right. And, 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 and that you'll find that that will also be highly effective, although it can take a little time. Absolutely. Well, Steve, it's always great talking with you. I wish we had more time, so we're going to have to get you back on the show again in the very near future. Anytime, and it's always a pleasure. We need to take a very quick break now, but when we return, Marianne Dell has some great news about the pet section of the Orange County Register, so stay right where you are here on K Mozart. <laughs> 
we're back on the Pet Place Radio Show, and Marianne Dell is here with me. Good morning, Marianne. How are you? Good morning, Marie. I am just fine. Hey, I'm so glad that you've joined us today because we're not going to be talking about books, but we're going to be talking about the almost brand new <laughs> pet section of the Orange County Register, which is very cool. Yes, it is. I've long wanted us to do a standalone section on pets because there's so much to talk about and so much information to give people and hopefully some opportunities in the section, too, for people to contribute themselves, which, oh, wow. uh, you know, we want to engage the community with this, not just say, here's what you should or must do. So we're looking forward to that. In fact, our next pet section, which will be out in August on the 19th, uh, is going to feature a bunch of people in their tattoos that pay tribute to their pets. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> now, the cool thing about it is we're not talking about a couple of pages. This is this is a full-on big chunk of the newspaper that's dedicated exclusively to animal-related topics. Yes, and one of the great things about it, it, it came about because of uh, some special pages that our advertising department has done several times a year for the past, oh gosh, I'd say at least five years. And what they do is allow anybody, register employees do it, members of the public, to sponsor a pet for $20, and the pets that are sponsored are pets that are available through local rescue groups and shelters. Mm -hmm. And so they'll run a picture of the pet, how to contact, and a line underneath from the sponsor. Uh, So I know I have a friend who puts his name and his dog's name when Uh he sponsors them. And so these animals get out there in the newspaper, a whole bunch of them, and allows hopefully a fair number of them to get adopted, puts the word out there for rescues and shelters. And uh, our new owners saw the one that we did in, oh gosh, it was March or April, and were really, really happy with it and said, let's do this every month and get this out there for people. And so that's how the pet section came to be. And And it uh, has beautiful photographs. We try. <laughs> we um, It's been a lot of fun. I'm the editor of the section, and I have had a couple of stories so far. We've only had two sections, but we did a story on a little dog from Orange County that was part of the shelter's um, medical pets program, and he was uh, in terribly, terribly shape, a very young dachshund, and a man ended up adopting him when he saw the story, <clears throat> excuse me, that I did on our regular Monday Pets page about him. And uh, he's got a great home now. Wow. <laughs> Goes to work with the guy every day. Aww. And just the other day, uh, in our most recent one, which came out on the 15th, uh, one of our writers, Samantha Dunn, did a piece about her pet, her pop pig. Yeah. <laughs> with whom she shares her life. I so, saw uh, that. It was very cute. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And I got to go over when we did the photo shoot and meet Raji and all her other critters. So, yeah, we had a, my arm got sore throwing a ball for her border collie. <laughs> <laughs> you should be an old pro at that sort of I, thing. Yes, I should. Yes, I should. <laughs> I do have an Aussie after all. So oh. I do a lot, fair number of of uh, ball throws every day. <laughs> I expect so. Yeah. And the great thing about this is in every 
every release of the pet section, you're going to get some veterinary tips, you're going to get some training tips, you're going to get yep. some general advice. You and I have been writing columns for many, many years <laughs> in the Orange That's County right. Register. Now, back when, when I first started, wasn't there a complete pet section? I kind of remember that. It, it was a multiple-page section at one point in time. It was called Hobbies and Pets. Oh, that's right. That's right. So it did have some pet content, but it also had content about things like knitting and sewing, crocheting, dog collecting, any kind of collecting. Um, so it was a combination of the two subjects. So this is the first time we've had a standalone, just full pet section. And that's very exciting. Yes, because. It is. In addition to all the great columns and the, the adoptable pets with the big photo shoots and beautiful portraits where you look at their faces and you go, ah, oh. there, there's also some great pet advertising in there, too. Yes. So if you're looking for something and you're not sure where you could find it, chances are you could just thumb through the pet section and see exactly what you're trying to find. Yeah, and we hope we get more as time goes on because, of course, the more advertising we have, the more stories we can put in there. <laughs> Absolutely. And then the pet section will be 500 pages long. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I've heard from some people who think that would be an absolutely wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah, just get rid of all the news and write about animals. <laughs> Somebody actually said that. <laughs> One email after the first section said, get rid of all the other sections. Just make it all pets. <laughs> Oh, so, but, yes, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, I think all of us who work on the section are enjoying it. Definitely, definitely. Now, I know one of the things that, that you mentioned you wanted to talk about today was summertime tips and also what you should be doing in the summer to prepare for later parts of the year. So I'm going to let you uh, start off on that topic. Okay. Well, you know, I talk to a lot of people, of course, who want to adopt pets, and a lot of them say, I want to wait till the summer when the kids are out of school and I can take vacation and we can all be home for a week or two with the dog or the cat or whatever. And that's a really good time to introduce a pet when you have a lot of time. It is. However, the biggest mistake some people make is they do exactly that. They stay home. They never go anywhere. They're in the house 24-7 for a week. And let's just say they got a, a dog. Let's say they adopted a three- or four-year-old dog from a shelter or rescue group. And um, the dog's been around a little bit, and, and like all dogs, it's very used to routine. Mm -hmm. And you take a week off, and you're there all week, and you take the dog for a walk three times a day, and everybody's playing with it in the backyard and in the house, and you're up in the morning and feeding him. And the next Monday rolls around, and you have to go out, out to work. And all of a sudden... You're gone. Maybe your kids stay over at a friend's for the afternoon, uh, and there's the poor dog home alone. Wow. Now, now this is normal life, and this is what the dog is going to get used to, but what I strongly suggest to people is if they're going to get a new animal, be sure during that week when they're home that they include some normal life into it. Leave the house for a while. Mm -hmm. Start with just five or ten minutes. Go to the grocery store. Um, go see a movie one afternoon. Let let the new pet understand that you're going to come and go. When you go, you're going to come back. That is such great advice because I know that a lot of dogs, especially dogs that have already been abandoned to a certain degree, if they've been at a rescue or a shelter, they were given up by their previous owners. So all of a sudden they might be feeling like they're being abandoned again. Yes. And yes. that can create some huge problems. Dogs that go through separation anxiety, 
respond to that in a lot of different ways, and some of those ways are very, very negative. That's very true. I've had more than a few dogs who I've taken out of the shelter, and my rescue dogs board at a board and train facility where I work part-time, and so it's very close to me. So I'm over there nearly every day visiting them and taking care of them. Um, But they are going from a situation where they're in a run, with a lot of stress and a lot of things going on, to a situation where they're in a run. Now, the stress at the board and train facility is a lot less than the stress at a shelter, mm-hmm. but it's still that situation. And when we, I see such um, a limit, a, a lessening of their stress if I take them even to the veterinarian and bring them back, because it's like, oh, I'm not getting dumped somewhere again. Yeah. And and that's just you know. Dogs are such creatures of habit, and really so are cats. They just have much less that they, you know, a lot of them just, you know, mm-hmm. don't go places as much as dogs because we tend not to take cats. So, right. But uh, it, it's just so important, and people, well, well-meaning and intention, don't always think about that. Absolutely. So train your dog in small doses so yes. that it can get used to what the routine will be, and then feel safe and secure and loved and not abandoned. That's right. If you know when when regular life starts up again that you're only going to walk the dog once a day, then walk the dog once a day. Mm-hmm. Maybe every now and then take him for a special extra walk because you'll probably be able to do that during the regular year. But don't get him used to going out and jogging five miles every day, and then suddenly it's okay out around the block real quick. Then we got to go. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really tough. And I know you were talking about dogs being creatures of habits. I take, try and take my dogs out for a walk every morning before I go to work. But every now and then, I have to go to work a little earlier, and okay. I don't get to do it. And they look at me, and they think they're ready to go, and they're wagging their tails, and they're looking up where I put the leashes, and, and I have to say, sorry, buddies, we can't do it today. And, and I tell you, they, they just look crushed. I know, and doesn't it break your heart when you it have does. to look at that? <laughs> and I might be anthropomorphizing. I said that completely wrong, but... I, you know, I think it's really there. I think they do get disappointed. They like their routines. It's their fun little time. And and so, like you said, it's important if you're going to have a dog, don't raise its hopes thinking this is my life and then all of a sudden yeah. it's not their life. That's kind of devastating. One of the things I always do when I have dogs, and it's such a routine in my life now that a new dog comes into my house and he just adapts to it, <clears throat> a lot of people get up at the same time every day or most days. Maybe Monday through Friday they get up at 5.30 because of work. Mm-hmm. They get up at 5.30 and the first thing they do is feed the dog. Mm-hmm. On Saturday they don't understand why at 5.35 the dog is sitting next to the bed barking in their face. <laughs> Another thing I always tell people is vary when you feed your dog. Don't feed your dog the first thing when you get home from work if you're going to feed it an evening meal because then if you get home at 3 o'clock in the afternoon one day or if you get home and you've got to make an important phone call before you can really settle down, you're going to have dogs barking in your ear. Absolutely, (laughs) or just nosing you and kind of Mm -hmm. pushing you Mm -hmm. around. Actually, my dogs have me very well trained on the weekends. I still have to get up at my regular work time to to do our routine. Mm -hmm. We have dogs over at the board and train facility who know their shift changes at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and they know that when that shift change comes in, they're going to get fed. 
and they start barking at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Wow. Where's my lunch? Where's my lunch? <laughs> so they are most certainly creatures of habit. Absolutely. Hey, we're just about out of time, Marianne, but I want to give another plug for the new Orange County Register Pet section. If somebody wanted to take a look at that online, they do have to have a subscription, but that's pretty easy to do. So how would somebody go about getting a subscription, seeing the whole paper and the wonderful pet section? If you go to ocregister.com mm-hmm. and you try to open an article that does not have a little orange next to it. Anything that has an orange in front of it is in front of the paywall, and anybody can access that without paying anything. Okay. But if you go to any article on the website that doesn't have that, you'll go to a page and be prompted to subscribe or to do your login. And we have a couple of things that, you know, we've tried to make it easy for people. If there's just, let's say you just want to see the pet section once a month, mm-hmm. well, rather than pay for a full subscription once a month, you can go on and pay $2 for a 24-hour access. And that's, you know, if you access at 2 p.m., then you have it till 2 p.m. the next day. Oh, that's awesome. So you could, you know, that's 24 bucks a year. I don't think you could subscribe to the paper in any way, shape, or form for that much. No. <laughs> so you can do that. Um, And then we also have subscription plans. Um, Like, you know, and anybody, if you subscribe to the paper on the weekends, you get web access on the weekends. Excellent. Yeah. Well, those are all real cool options, and I didn't even know about them. (laughs) (laughs) Now you do. Now you can tell folks that really want to read your column how they can do it. (laughs) Well, Marianne, it's always so much fun talking with you, but we are out of time. So thanks for coming by the show today. You bet. Always my pleasure, Marie. We need to take one last break now, but don't go away because we'll be right back with Pet Place News and Events here on K-Mozart. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events on August 8th. From 4 to 8.30 p.m., dogs of all shapes and sizes and talents are being sought for the annual Dog Days of Summer Talent Show and Competition. Prizes go to the dog who is the best kisser, has the loudest bark, is the fastest eater, does the best pet trick, or most resembles its owner. The event will be held at the Outdoor Fullerton Market located on Wilshire Avenue between Harbor Boulevard and Pomona Avenue. Doggy competitions and entertainment from 5 to 8 p.m. are free. For more information, call 714-738-6545 or visit www.ci.fullerton.com. .ca.us. And don't forget to check out our website at www.petplace.org to send us your comments or suggestions for the show and see what other fun animal-related activities there are on the Pet Place calendar. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the Pet Place here on K-Mozart. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please spare new to your pets and have a wonderful day. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.